Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. And we're in our second episode of a new series entitled, The Holy Spirit and Your Child's Heart. Let me start by asking you a question. Does something seem to be amiss with Catholic youth? And I know we have many Protestant listeners, so I'll say Protestant youth as well, but particularly I'd like to focus on Catholic youth. Does anything seem to be amiss? We certainly know that many are successfully living their Catholic faith in the midst of our cultural crisis, and for that we can truly be thankful. Yet many others are not. Even young folks coming from good Catholic homes and good parishes are kind of falling into our cultural crisis. I looked up on the internet this week for a movie title called The Day After, some kind of apocalyptic movie, because that title reminded me of a homily that I often heard during my time in Florida, my parish in Florida. And what happened is that before the young people in the confirmation class would be confirmed, they would have an interview with one of the parish priests during a weekday evening. And I could always tell when, <laughs> when the night before there was an interview, because instead of a, I guess you would call a normal homily, the priest just vented on how sad he was seeing the future of the church through the young people he was interviewing. They just hadn't been formed. They just knew so little about their faith, and it was an agonizing view of the church's future. Well, not just my parish in Florida, but you know, across the United States, there is some serious problems with Catholic youth. Probably one of the best books to summarize this is a new book entitled Forming Intentional Disciples by Sherry Waddell, and she very carefully presents the Pew Research on American Christian youth, particularly Catholic youth. And here's just some of the things she found out going on in the Catholic Church and youth in particular. First, only 30% of Americans who were raised Catholic are still practicing. One half of Catholics who become unaffiliated are gone by 18 years old. 79% who become unaffiliated do so by the time they're 23. Shockingly, the Pew Research found out that CCD programs, youth groups, even Catholic high schools made little difference in whether or not an American Catholic teen ended up faithful to their Catholic faith or leaving to become Protestant or leaving to become unaffiliated. And significant numbers of married younger Catholics were never married in the church and younger Catholics are now approaching single-digit weekly mass attendance. What's gone wrong? What's the cause of all this? I'm going to tell you today, and my answer will only be two words. But before I tell you the two words, I need to warn you that my two words may make you angry, angry enough to turn off the radio, but please don't. Try to imagine for the next couple of minutes that I'm not your radio host, but your family doctor. 
who has known and treated your family for years, and there's a teen or a young adult in your family who is really sick. And in order for him or her to get well, I'm going to need to make an accurate diagnosis. And although the diagnosis, my two words, will not be pleasant news to hear, genuine healing only begins after the accurate diagnosis. And just kind of give you a word of encouragement to leave that radio on, that there is a cure for the disease I'm going to diagnose. So here it is. What's causing millions of Catholic youth and young adults to walk away from their faith or not practice their faith? They are, for all practical purposes, spiritually dead. Ouch. Spiritually dead? How can this be? Uh, don't we tell them that everything is fine, and as they approach the sacraments, everything's fine? Well, to get a good picture, diagnosis and cure for what's going on with all these horrendous statistics that I just mentioned to you, I think we need to go back in time to a Catholic church in Asia Minor called the Church of Sardis that Jesus Christ addresses in one of seven letters the Apostle John was directed to give by way of prophecy to these churches in Asia Minor. When Jesus is actually speaking to this church in his letter to the church of Sardis, between something like 70 and 90 AD, remember, this is a Catholic church because <laughs> Protestant churches didn't begin to over 1,400 years in the future, so there were no Baptists at the time, there were no Assemblies of God, no Presbyterians, no Methodists, but yet even though the Church of Sardis wasn't even 70 years old, the bulk of its members were spiritually dead in this early Catholic Church. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ to the Catholic Church. Church of Sardis, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the name of being alive, and you are dead. Verse 2, awake, and strengthen what remains and is on the point of death. Well, sometimes Jesus doesn't beat around the bush, does he? Now, I need to make a very careful distinction here. First, there's a type of spiritual death that I might call dead dead. What do I mean by dead dead? By dead dead, and I'm, this is spiritually speaking, I'm referring to a person who has never had faith, never had baptism, never had a new life in Christ, okay? And that's not what is being discussed in this broadcast. That's not what Jesus is talking about in the church of Sardis. But secondly, and this needs to be heard 
there is a spiritual near-death state that Catholics can descend to. And this is hardly ever discussed in public. <laughs> it's right here for all the world to see, and it's Jesus Christ speaking. Uh, the members of the Church of Sardis were all given the gift of new spiritual life when they were baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. But over a relatively few years, their spiritual life had reached such a low ebb that Jesus says to them, you have a fine reputation of being spiritually alive. You had glory days, but you are practically dead. Their spiritual vital signs were almost non-existent at the point of death. Yes, there were great exceptions in Sardis, just like there are great exceptions today, but the majority were in a precarious situation. Now, somebody say, you know, I haven't heard a lot about what you are talking about. Well, first of all, uh, what I am describing <laughs> was described by Jesus Christ in Holy Scripture. Secondly, listen to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 1815. The gift of faith remains in one who has not sinned against it. But faith, apart from works, is dead. When faith is deprived of hope and love, faith does not fully unite the believer to Christ and does not make him a living member of his body. That's a little bit more diplomatic way of saying it than I did. But basically, to sin against the faith is to turn your back on the faith, is to make a believer who has been united with Christ, and if we're particularly talking about serious sin, he no longer becomes fully united with Christ, and he's not a living member of Christ's body. Now, let's bring this to today. As a Catholic child matures, he or she needs to grow in faith and faithfulness to Christ. It's not enough just to say, I believe in Jesus, but faith includes faithfulness, obedient faithfulness to Christ, which means that if you were living in the church of Sardis, and let me tell you, it was a bad place. The religious rites were utterly deprived. The religious rites were utterly depraved. It's like the worst in our culture today, times 10. And it was not only something that you did off to the side of the culture, this was part of the civic religion, so to speak, that if you were part of the mainstream, you were in the midst of pagan immorality. And so in the church of Sardis, to be a faithful disciple of Christ meant a clean break with pagan immorality in the surrounding culture. And the same goes for young people today. Our culture has changed. It no longer supports the Christian faith. And so the young Catholic today is like the young Catholic and older Catholics in the church of Sardis. In order to be spiritually alive and avoid this kind of 
living dead uh, experience, they need to make the clean break with pagan immorality. And any time a majority of the members of a church soil their garments, and this is what Jesus says to the minority in Sardis, there's, there's a minority in Sardis that haven't soiled their garments, that haven't participated in pagan immorality, but the majority have. And when the majority say, well, because in the surrounding culture, everybody's doing it, I'm going to do it. What happens is that you're on the point of death, spiritual death. You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood. And now we need to ask another question. So is there a remedy? We talked about a diagnosis, spiritual death, spiritual near death. At the very point of death, Jesus says, to a Catholic church. Yet you have a reputation. Everything's fine, but not everything was fine. And today, we can't say because of reputation of generations gone by that everything's fine today, particularly when we're looking at our young people who are interacting fully with the changes in our culture. So what's the remedy for young Catholics at the point of death. And in fact, this whole series, The Holy Spirit and Your Child's Heart, is going to be devoted to that answer. But let me start by giving at least three recommendations, and these have to be followed, and we can't wait 10 years to implement them because things are changing very fast in our culture, and it's having a direct and immense impact on our young people. So here it is. Number one, Quit pretending that everything is okay when it isn't. You can't say that everything's fine, that all our young people are vibrantly living the Catholic faith. Uh, There may be religious appearances. There may be attendance at sacramental preparation classes, often because they're required. But we can't say that we're a vibrant church when the majority of young people are the walking dead, or they're the sleepwalking church making serious compromises with the culture. If a youth or a young adult is close to being a spiritual corpse, don't tell them everything is fine. That's not loving them. That's not charity. Don't just tell them to go through the motions of receiving a sacrament without mentioning to them that what they do Saturday night will deeply affect their spiritual lives. Oh, oh no, we can't bring that up. Maybe they won't come back. What are we doing to young people? You see, we are back in a pagan culture. Maybe not quite as bad yet as the Church of Sardis, but the Church of Sardis wasn't even a hundred years old, and they were living in a pagan culture, and they didn't make the clean break, and they're almost at the point of spiritual death. Uh, You can't say we're just glad that they show up. We can't challenge them too much. You have to. And you can't say they're spiritual alive and everything fine and vibrant when they're practically dead. Don't pretend. That's number one. Number two. This is sound like something strange, but here it is. We need revival, preaching, and teaching. Now, when I say uh, revival, somebody's thinking of some 
screaming preacher in a tent off in a corner of town someplace or whatever. Let's, let's go right to the scriptures. When Jesus says to the Catholic Church, awake, he's, he's, that's revival preaching. When Jesus says to the Catholic Church, repent, that means turn from your sins. Jesus called them the church of the living dead. He did not flatter them with flowery words about their spiritual condition. He said, wake up. And the walking dead don't need soothing sleep sounds to help them in a further slumber. They need a bold wake-up call. They need a loud, direct, and powerful wake-up call. And a revival is simply to revivify, to bring to life again. And if the church in Sardis is almost dead— they need to be revivified. They need revival. And they don't need everything is okay kind of talk. They need the type of teaching and preaching that will wake them up, that will cause the confession lines to go from the faithful few to five to ten times as long. Then you'll know revival is taking place in Catholic parishes. And we need to awaken the dead in the midst of the church. And this falls on the shoulder of priests, of catechists, of teachers for sacramental preparation, for Catholic school chaplains, youth leaders, college ministry leaders. Now, I'm not saying that every week of the year this should be a homily or that every single class of a CCD program or a confirmation prep program, but on occasion, let it rip. Awaken the dead. Call to repentance. Warn. Jesus said to the Catholic Church in Sardis, remember what you have received and heard. Keep that and repent. If you will not awake, I will come like a thief, and you will know at what hour I will come upon you. Jesus is talking to baptized Catholics here. And, you know, this had special meaning, coming like a thief, because twice in the history of the, church, of the city of Sardis, they had fallen to surprise military attacks. They thought they were immune to assault because they had these really high walls and great topography that they thought were perfect defenses. Uh, it didn't work. Twice they felt a surprise attack. And now Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is speaking straight to the church in this city, which is compromising with the immorality in this city. And he's saying, repent, make the break. Wake up from your spiritual slumber that sin has caused you, lest I come upon you. A third time. What's the church and the city of Sardis like today? Well, you can Google it, and all you'll see is a bunch of ruins, and you'll find out that the surrounding country is somewhere between 97% and 100% Muslim. Hmm. Something to think about for a very long time. We can say to the doctor, 
we don't really like what you're saying, and we're just going to continue on our way. But Jesus is the great physician, and he loves his church enough to get to the root of what's going on. Now, there's a cure here, and the cure, again, is the entire rest of this series entitled The Holy Spirit in Your Child, because in the very introduction of himself to this church, Jesus reveals the cure. He says, the words of him who have, has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now, what is all this talking about? Jesus reveals himself as the one with the seven spirits. That's just an apocalyptic way of describing the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits for the seven churches that he's writing to. And if you go just a couple of chapters back when the book of Revelation opens, it reveals Jesus in the middle of a golden lamp stand that has seven lamps. And these were oil lamps. And this comes from imagery from the Old Testament book of Zechariah, chapter 4, where it's like the menorah, this lamp with seven lights upon it, oil lamps. And besides the lamp, there are two olive trees, the olive trees providing the oil continuously. So there's not decline into death over a few decades, like the Church of Sardis, or maybe over, or over several decades or even centuries, but the church can be continually fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the vitality and life to separate from a dark pagan culture, to make the break and to remain faithful to Jesus Christ. That's what this wake-up call entails. And in Jack, Zechariah chapter 4, when they're basically presented with an impossible situation, the impossible situation is a rebuilding project after the temple and the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed by its enemies, and the people were very deflated. And, and God asked the prophet, you know, can this, can this happen? And he goes, only you know, Lord. But see, God can raise the dead, and not just the physical dead. God can raise the near spiritually dead, and he does that by the power of his Spirit. That's why in the book of Zechariah, it says, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's how the impossible becomes possible, by the very power that literally created the universe. You read in the first two verses of Genesis. It's the Spirit of God moves and a universe comes into being. That same power is available for Catholic youth today. And they need to hear a challenge from Jesus in the power of that Spirit to turn from sin and to turn to the Holy Spirit for God to draw them close to himself and empower them to live a faithful life in the midst of a darkening culture. That's 
the diagnosis. That's the cure for where we are living today. And we need to wake up. And basically, our young people, we've treated them the same today as we did in 1950 or 1920 or 1850. Times have changed. Just think how much times have changed just in the last dozen years. It's phenomenal. Look what's happened in our culture, uh, the legalization of same-sex marriage just in the last year, the last 12 months. So the culture is changing rapidly, and we, we have a generation of young people. There, among them, there are those, just like the Church of Sardis, who have not soiled their garments, who remain faithful to Christ, and we're glad for those today. Yet at the exact same time, the majority of the church in Sardis had compromised with their surrounding pagan culture, and as a result, they're about to have their lights put out, and we have a warning from heaven to wake up, to repent, to be obedient, and to turn to the one who has the sevenfold fullness of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. And this is what we need today. Uh, we have a lot of books and seminars and uh, all kinds of tips for parents to do this or that, but very often these things are treating more of symptoms than they are root causes. And when you get down to it, it's repent and believe. And that repent, which Jesus spoke, which Jesus sent John the Baptist the first time he came, to prepare them to meet Jesus. And John baptized with water, and he says, but one coming will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. These young people have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. They have been given the gift of new life in Christ, but compromising with the world is going to bring spiritual death even to Catholics. Catholics are not immune. When we turn from Christ, participate in a pagan culture, Catholics, baptized Catholics, can get to a near-death experience, and Christ warns them from heaven to turn from that. The good news is, if we turn, if we awake, Christ will bring us closer to himself, and he has the power to bring inside of us all the strength and life and love we need to not only survive, but to thrive in the midst of a darkening culture. Till next time, this is Steve Wood with Faith and Family. Visit us on the web at www.familylifecenter.net. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.